Welcome to the same as it never was podcast, where we explore the stories and ideas of our world that make us question the reality of it. Is everything the same as we remember them to be? I'm joined by my co-host Jessica. Hey guys. Where we will discuss head-scratching mysteries from the lesser-known eerie disappearance cases to questions about humanity's place in the universe and everything in between. Do grab a coffee, sit back, and enjoy your walk or commute as you join us in today's episode, where we will talk about why we seem to be so alone in this universe. Physicists Edward Teller, Herbert York, Emil Konopinski, and Enrico Fermi had launched on a summer day in 1950 at the Los Alamos National Laboratory in New Mexico. As they conversed about recent UFO sightings making the news, Fermi excitedly exclaimed, Where are they? He drew laughter from his colleagues, but they all knew what he was referring to. This conversation was the basis of the Fermi paradox, named after Enrico Fermi himself. Herbert York then wrote, In 1984, Followed up with a series of calculations on the probability of Earth-like planets, the probability of life given to Earth, the probability of humans given life, the likely rise and duration of high technology, and so on. He concluded on the basis of such calculations that we ought to have been visited long ago and many times over. So where is everybody? Essentially, the paradox is an argument between the sheer scale and probability of life existing in the universe, of it being common, but there is no evidence to suggest life has arisen elsewhere. Let's put it into perspective. In our very own Milky Way, we, est we estimate there to be 200 to 400 billion stars, of which just one of them we bask in every day, that provides life as we know it on Earth. In the entire observable universe, there are over 70 sextillion stars, that is 7 with 22 zeros at the end. The first part of the paradox simply asks, even if the chance of life around these stars is extremely minuscule, there would be a large number of civilizations scattered in our Milky Way alone. The second aspect revolves around the probability of intelligent life and its ability to, and tendency to, colonize new habitats while overcoming scarcity. Somewhere out there, there must be a civilization advanced enough to leave its home planet, colonize its own star system, and others beyond it. It's just what intelligent beings will do, but there is no evidence of this after 13.8 billion years. We could be misunderstanding the definition of an advanced intelligent life. Perhaps humanity itself is extremely primitive in its cosmic scale of existence. Who are we to say what advanced intelligent life truly is? So it begs the question, why are no aliens or their artifacts found here on Earth or in the solar system? There are many stars older than our sun that may have inhabited intelligent life, and with interstellar travel, it would only take 5 million to 500 million years to colonize the entire galaxy. A daunting, mind-scrambling number of years, but it's tiny on the cosmic scale. An extension of this question is, why do we see no signs of intelligence elsewhere in the universe? They should exist somewhere at some point during the history of it. Perhaps we've just missed them, and their remnants and artifacts are lost to time millions of years ago. So. We have many hypothetical explanations from the most realistic and existential, such as the rare earth hypothesis, to the terrifying and spooky. Perhaps it is the nature of intelligent life to destroy itself, or earth may be deliberately avoided. We'll save the best for last. Damn, my head is empty. I just, I find it so overwhelming that like, the universe, the expanse of it is so huge. And we are the only things that we know of that exist within it. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's just, it, it seems eerily quiet. You know, we always hear about how large space is. And it's the fact that we haven't really come across anything yet. Like, okay, wait, first, let me just ask. Um, do, do, do you think we're, we're alone in this universe? Do I think we're alone? I like to think that we're not. I don't know if that's me not liking the fact, fact that we're alone because that's terrifying. And yeah, why yeah. are we here? And why is it just us? But yeah. I think just as like probability mm -hmm. is that we can't be the only things here. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know like what's actually scarier. I'd I'd like for us to not be alone, right? But you know, at the same time, if that's we an, aren't. <laughs> that's an easy thing to say. <laughs> if we could be yeah. like, I would like something to be out there and then they just come over and destroy us. Like, 
yeah that, that's the thing you know as as humans we're always so curious right um but yeah no i, I think it's, it's more sad than anything if if we are alone and you know perhaps maybe maybe we are but like you said you know the sheer probability of it uh, i don't know we can't it's kind of true we can't be we can't <laughs> this universe this universe can't be it's so huge and so beautiful and the only living thing in the universe is us <laughs> it's just absolute us. monstrosity <laughs> That, that's sad <laughs> yeah it, it would be it would be and it's just you know yeah like the, the sheer scale we're just one you know this i don't want to be like too existential right but you know we are just life on like a floating space rock and there are you know like i mentioned in the intro like 76 trillion stars with their own star systems right with dozens of planets mm-hmm. and it seems like we're the only one perhaps for the first one so we actually we actually have you know a few reasons as to why we we might be alone and why uh, sort of like solutions to Fermi's paradox. I don't think there's necessarily one proper answer here, but okay, we're going to start with like the more common or like the quote unquote boring one, right? Okay. So essentially, intelligent life is just rarer than we imagined. So this hypothesis is the rare earth hypothesis. Essentially, they make the argument that the origin of life and the evolution of biological complexity, things like... um sexual reproduction, multicellular organisms, and so on, which leads to human intelligence down the line, required an improbable combination of astrophysical and geological events and circumstances. This also includes the exact location in the right galaxy, the right distance from the right type of star, and a large enough moon, like the perfect size, that would essentially help the formation of life with the way it, it, it handles the tides on, on Earth itself. So what what do you think about this hypothesis? I think it's just it seems too convenient. I'm not I'm not sure. I don't know. My head hurts thinking about it. I feel like in a way it kind of makes sense because I mean for us to be alive, there's a lot of components mm. that are needed yeah. for something to be able to live and survive. So it could be harder than we think for other species on different planets to survive you know for us like we always look at the world as like it's lucky it's so lucky that yeah this world has been able to sustain life for so long yeah in a way uh, it could kind of make sense it, it it could and you know i think the earth itself has gone over like many several billions of years of, of evolution in itself um, as a planet and for all those circumstances to be just right for us to be speaking here um together it's it I, I, I can see it being rarer than we ever possibly imagined which is a bit daunting in the large scale of things because that just shows that life couldn't really survive on other planets i think it's scary because then you just start thinking am i meant to be here am i meant to be talking to you (laughs) yeah is like is this all just chance right Hmm. like like the thing is like this makes me even more grateful the fact that we are so rare to be able to you know be quote-unquote intelligent and we'll get to that in a moment um but yeah it this is one of the theories and i do i you know i think it's the most realistic one i guess you know in a cosmic scale Hmm. the chances of this happening is quite low i'd imagine yeah no i think we are lucky and i don't know i'd like it to be a more imaginative reason (laughs) as to why we're here yeah but it it seems very likely that's true because in 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 that case then we're we're most likely alone right and i don't know i feel like that i don't know i just think it's unlikely given the scale right but um that actually goes on to the, the next theory, uh, the next hypothesis for the Fermi paradox is the Gaian bottleneck. And essentially, the others did not survive or could not survive. Essentially, this hypothesis was proposed by astrobiologist Dr. Aditya Chopra, suggesting that all alien beings did not, didn't make it, as life forms just never emerged quickly enough, and thus life itself or intelligent life could not be paved. Um, that's quite tragic, right? You know, we, we start off as single-celled organisms, and we grow and we grow, and at some point, we just made it right after several billions and millions of years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this, this, no, I think. Yeah. This, this this theory seems to be more, you know, I, I guess it's like an extension of the rare earth hypothesis, just like it's just so unlikely for other, other sort of alien life to, to make it to the stage where we are at now. When you chance. think about it, I think we take where we are right now for granted. 
you know there, there's probably so yeah. many planets out there that there could have been a possibility for life but it just yep. didn't happen you know we've been around for thousands and thousands of years yeah and i mean humanity itself you know i mean like prehist like you know pre-modern humans like three hundred thousand years of evolution and that's tiny and that's that, that's just humans and the earth has been around for like five billion years right so like our existence is extremely primitive on the cosmic scale right and you know to think that we we could have been the intelligent life that never made it right we could on, we could have and uh, that that's i think that's daunting it feels <laughs> really... like we won the lottery in a sense i mean i don't know if that's a good thing to win but <laughs> yeah. um i don't know i feel like the chance of us being able to survive is so minute and i don't yeah. think we realize that you know there's probably so many chances for life to survive on different planets but it just didn't and it could it could have been for many reasons yeah that's yeah you know the cosmic reasons that we have no control over we're going to go over more details about what intelligent life can do to each other right but you know there are just some things we have no control over you know like geological cat catastrophes right yeah. cosmic events and for all we know that there could have been civilizations just like us that that were you know exposed to such a catastrophic event and now they're gone that's the thing you can't say like you know the very beginning of a new species out there and then they just get wiped out by something yeah <laughs> like that could happen yeah it could you know like the whole idea of a bottleneck scares me because you know one end of the bottle is full of something and every like there's only a few that make it out the end mm. um and actually this goes to the next hypothesis so this one's a bit more interesting it's a bit more the scale is larger i uh, was just going to talk about the the great filter and this is a quite a popular one so essentially Earth itself, not us personally, thank God, us ourselves have gone through five mass extinction events. Yet, life still made it out on top. And perhaps other planets were not that fortunate, you know. We have other planets that could have been scorched by solar flares, ruptured by asteroids, mm. gamma ray bursts from neighboring suns. And this Earth passed this, quote-unquote, great filter. And, you know, that, that goes back to what you says about us being so lucky um, to be able to survive all of this. I mean, we always say life finds a way, but we haven't, you know, if there was a huge solar flare or the earth was just completely scorched, mm -hmm. I don't think life in the way we know it would find a way. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I guess not in, like intelligent life wouldn't make it. Yes. But it, it's sad to think that, you know, um, we, the reason why we don't just we don't hear from anyone out there in the cosmos is because they just never made it past the first mass extinction event, right? Um, for example, you know, I read that Jupiter is involved in sort of diverting meteorites. So I mean, sorry, asteroids that come to our solar system and keeps it away yeah. from us because of its gravitational pull, right? So you know, you have star systems that don't have a Jupiter-like planet that's just massive in share of like mass, right? That attracts um, asteroids and you know, we're lucky to have a planet that sort of protects us in that way. Yeah, you can have planets that could sustain life, but just keep getting wiped out by an asteroid. Yeah, that's scary. You'd, you'd, yeah, no, like as an intelligent life, you know, you'd, you'd be able to witness that happening. And that, that sort of scares me. But I, I think the great filter as a hypothesis makes sense because it's true. We've been through and actually I think I think we're headed to like a sixth mass extinction events soon but don't worry soon i mean in like a cosmic sense <laughs> so i don't know how you feel about is that, that within the universe destroying us or us destroying ourselves i think in in these mass extinction events it would be like yeah exactly like geological or cosmic um perhaps you know for example like uh i'd imagine the yellowstone um eruption and stuff right i think that would cause a mass extinction event in like you know 300,000 years or something mm. like that. I um, think I think it's interesting that you know with the dinosaurs I think the only thing that could you know make them extinct would be an outside threat. Yeah. You know they weren't as advanced as we are but for us how do you know that we could just like <laughs> set off a, a bomb and <laughs> just destroy ourselves and everything reverts back yeah. to the beginning like I that... think we are Mm -hmm. a big of a threat to ourselves and yeah realize. yeah i i think that's a good point you know mass extinction events we think of asteroids super volcanoes um 
earthquakes. But I, I do agree with you there. The fact that this is actually another theory, you know, intelligence life is bound to doom itself. So in yeah. our case, you know, we would be bound to doom ourselves. And the reason why we can't hear anything out there is because any intelligent species that would be able to communicate with us has already wiped itself <laughs> out. That um, I think that's quite realistic. So essentially, um, it is in the nature of intelligent life to destroy itself and perhaps advanced beings themselves before being able to communicate with us or even colonize the stars <laughs> just ended themselves. It's called self-annihilation. So in 1966, Sagan um, speculated that technological civilizations will either tend to destroy themselves within a century of developing interstellar communicative capabilities and or master their self-destructive tendencies and survive for billion-year timescales. So there's there's only one or the other. It's either we um, we destroy ourselves now, intelligent life, or we actually learn to you know overcome these tendencies. And if we do, we would end up surviving for billions of years. Do you think we just have this innate need to destroy each other and destroy ourselves? Uh, that's I I th I think so as a as Cause, humans because I mean a lot of us look at you know world leaders and stuff and just like why would you want to destroy but I mean you know climate change is a thing yeah I don't think we want it enough as a human race we are in a way sort of on a pathway to self annihilating ourselves yeah yeah exactly you know self annihilation is something I can see humans um humans like being being the cause of right it's it's just really bizarre to think you know for example in intelligent life we see humans as you know the, the predator i guess you know the the intelligent life of this planet we don't do we see animals like <laughs> in, in a sort of quest to destroy each other to the point that they annihilate um ecosystems and it's the fact that we have enough um uh, nuclear warheads on this planet to destroy it several times over. I mean, it's... I think our own intelligence is as dangerous. I think it's more dangerous than we think. Yeah, and um, actually... Mm -hmm. And like you said, like other planets could have already destroyed themselves. You know, we are literally babies and, you know, we we think that we know a lot, but we don't. Yeah, and you know, you know like this technology has come around very fast do we really know how to deal with that <laughs> yeah it could have it's been, been really fast right it's like in the last 80 years we've developed a bomb that can wipe out cities don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's crazy and you know i think of all the sort of hypotheses we've covered so far i do think this one might be for my for me personally the more realistic one because i can definitely see a civilization in the cosmos getting to the point where they just you know fought each other fought fought each other and they just perished as, as a result of it well um, you could just have a universe like you know they've created something like a nuclear bomb and yeah. someone accidentally set it up you know <laughs> the probability that could have happened and damn <laughs> like everyone's it, dead like yeah it could have and you no know, and the thing is it's only possible for intelligent life to even consider such an idea right mm -hmm. like we we can sit here and be like you know what we need you know thousands of nuclear warheads like we right. need to and you know i know that's a that's a whole discussion for another day <laughs> because you know since since we've stockpiled that many bombs you know the world has been in relative peace compared to before so maybe you know some people might argue it's something we need but at the end of the day that doesn't stop that doesn't stop the idea that intelligent life you know can is bound to destroy itself because i think we we might be able to that's that's a idea called tragedy of the commons so basically the first life form to achieve interstellar travel will prevent others from doing so and we may be the first why are we the first i don't know as you know <laughs> can you like... imagine us going to a planet that's so disappointing it's like yeah because you know like human throughout human history um we've always sort of like invaded or colonized in one way or another right so i think it's only natural for us when we when we discover you know start when we invent interstellar travel we will, you know, colonize other planets, and maybe, you know, when we if we if we meet something else, it's this mm. highly unlikely. But if we do, we would we would stop them right from achieving our level. Um, no, no one's come here to stop us, so we may be the first. Can you imagine though? We were the first. We, that's hmm. makes me I feel kind know. of. Lonely. I feel like. <laughs> same i just sometimes i'm like you know we've created this technology and 
you know what are, are we meant to have this technology i i just feel like maybe another reason why you know we haven't seen aliens is because i think this sort of technology you know the very idea that we could go to a different planet yeah and you know we always think oh you know we'll go to a planet and make peace <laughs> there's probably plenty of people on this planet that would go over there and try and destroy all form of life yeah you know, i think it's a very dangerous set of resources that we are building here and if it was in the wrong hands i think you know yeah you know we we always see things about how humans are quite you know violent in its nature and we always were quite destructive and i can i can definitely see that argument to an extent you know what we're doing to our very own like ecosystems like what we're doing to earth itself right for the sake of our existence as humans you know like no no other living being here has done it to the extent we have done it right mm. but you, you mentioned you, you mentioned resources and you know sort of us <laughs> meeting other aliens expecting to make peace and stuff um, but I think if you actually take it a step back, um, and this is also another theory, essentially, we're naive to think that intelligent life is like us. So essentially, we may be primitive in our communication, cultures and ideologies, and intelligent life may not even bother <laughs> to communicate with us. I think it's such a self-centered thing to think that everything <laughs> out there, to think that they all want the same things as we do. That yeah. even they, they sort of look humanoid like us. Like, yeah, we we have no clue what is out there, and we are just it's as if we're acting like God in a sense. You know, mm. we are expecting everything around us to conform to to our our ideologies. Sorry, I can't speak, but like, <laughs> you know, I, I I just find it odd that we just expect everything to be like that yeah i i I agree and you know to to an extent i don't i I wouldn't blame us for thinking that you know it's a sort of idea you know um trying to imagine a new color it's impossible Hmm. and it's just you know for try for us to try and imagine something that's so you know cognitively different to what we've seen on earth right when we've grown up the way we've evolved you know and if for, for us to think that aliens communicate the same way we do like what if they don't even use language right they don't speak exactly. you know what if you know the sort of the technology they use isn't the same um there's a there's a sub theory that you know maybe aliens don't actually like live on planets right um, they might be living on machines or spacecrafts things like that um i think i think it's just you know we are really primitive in the large scale of things like you know have you it's like you you go to an ant right you find a random ant and you you try and teach the ant what the internet is. They don't care. They don't need it. <laughs> they don't need. They don't even know what it is. <laughs> well, that's right. the thing. We we think that there's people out there that are yeah. ready and they want to communicate. Yeah. That they're sat yeah. here waiting for us, and you know yeah. maybe they don't need that, they, or they've never even thought or considered, or they're even at that stage, or you know maybe they just don't want to communicate with anything outside of their own realm yeah no that's that's completely fair because i think you know before they even try to communicate is if they even can or if we even can right so you know same if i go back to that ant example if you have an ant hill next to a super highway right mm-hmm. the ant has no clue that the super highway is a super highway right so we could very well be looking up into the cosmos right now and it looks empty but for all we know there's a giant a galactic federation of like all these civilizations doing their thing, but just too primitive to notice. We haven't come up with technology yet. And this exactly. is another thing, like we act like, you know, it's only really in the last hundred years that we can, you know, that we've really started to learn how we can communicate, you know, outside of you and me just talking in person. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. You know, we have like really advanced, I put that in finger quotes, advanced technologies. We have um, SETI, so that's a search for extraterrestrial life. Um, these giant satellite dishes that, you know, look to the cosmos and try and find signs of life through radio. And it's just like, okay, like, that's really advanced. It's really impressive. But, you know, like you said, in the last hundred years, I don't think that technology is competent enough to look for intelligent life. It's baby steps. 
you know we look at toddlers and they're walking we're not like oh my goodness yeah. they can run a marathon tomorrow that's like the beginning <laughs> how do we not know that we have only just started to discover how to communicate with others and whatever yeah. is out there they're on a completely different realm to what we are on and yep. it just doesn't it's not compatible because what we yep. have is so primitive yeah it's just uh, that that also bothers me to an extent. I can see this being true as well. You know, like in the in our last three hundred thousand years of um, being human and ev- evolving, it's only been the last hundred where we've been modern, quote unquote modern, mm. um, and our ability to even go to the moon and stuff. That was only in nineteen sixty nine. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's just strange. You know, it's like okay, okay. Let's say let's just do this hypothetical situation. Both of us are aliens, right? <laughs> Let's say advanced <laughs> civilization somewhere in like Andromeda or the Milky Way galaxies, yeah. right? <laughs> Would you like hike five hours, right? To go to some random forest, go to an anthill, a random one, and try and speak to an ant, right? Like if if we're that advanced, like why would they come speak to us, right? If well, humanity yeah. is an ant. We would be that advanced, there'd be more important things to do. Like, and yeah, how exactly. do we not know that's the case for them? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know, they they could very well know we exist. They're just like we don't care. We are right? literally just um, an anthill to that. Yeah, exactly. You know, that again goes back to the start. Intelligent life may not even bother to communicate with us. <laughs> However, this is an interesting point. So essentially, there's a hypothesis and ex- an expansion of this where maybe these advanced civilizations aren't actually biological in nature and we have no idea what they actually look like. So an astronomer named Lord Martin Rees said that they might be machines. So instead of looking for radio signals, we should look for solar harvesting, non-carbon-based structures. And yes, that's a mouthful. But essentially, um, uh, there's a there's a scale called the Kardashev scale from, I believe, like one to three. And that's the scale of like sort of the the sort of civ- types of civilizations that exist in the universe, right? So, you know, type one harvests all the energy in its home planet, type two harvests all the energy from its sun, and type three harvests all the energy from its solar system, I believe, and then so on. It goes to the galaxy and et cetera, et cetera. And Earth is like zero point something, right? Because we've yet to exhaust our resources from our own planet. Mm. And the idea of these solar harvesting non-carbon-based structures is these Dyson spheres, essentially like a just giant sphere around a star that harvests all of its power. And essentially, the point is we should be looking out for that instead of radio signals if they're that advanced. And that, I don't know, that blows my mind. (laughs) That's too much. (laughs) It is too much to comprehend. Like, I don't know, maybe that is true. And we just don't want to even acknowledge that because that means if that is true, then there's no way that we're going to communicate with anything in our lifetimes and maybe that's what makes us sad and we are just you know you know if you're so you know you want to find something or you want to figure something out you're not going to look at any other possibility because you know if you do then you might realize something that you don't want to realize which is there's no way we can communicate Mm -hmm. with these things in our lifetimes yeah would you say at at that point would it be like pointless to even try that just seems so like unhuman because we're so curious but at the same time you know i'd feel like as a species we'd be so devastated to find out we can't or at least in our lifetimes maybe one day (laughs) but then that's another thing because like would you still want to you know research that and figure that out for future generations or would you just be like that (laughs) exactly yeah that was just sorry (laughs) (laughs) i'm not even gonna try anymore they can figure it out not me yeah, it's it, it is weird, you know, these these ideas of you know looking out for these mega structures in the galaxy. And you know, we, we can't scan the entire universe or let alone our galaxy um entirely. We're only looking at small pockets at any given time. And for you know, I think there was an instance of a star that was showing very bizarre behaviors of dimming. And I, I do believe they had an explanation for that, but one of the hypotheses was the existence of a Dyson sphere, right? That there is a mega structure that's essentially, you know, dimming it because it's harvesting its energy. Um, I'd like to entertain that idea. I, I do like the idea of that. It's most likely Sounds not true. Crazy. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I, I, you know, that's, that's it's just a point where you know we're looking for biological entities. Um, they could very well not be. Um, you know, that's again, this goes. Thing, to... like, 
you know, mm -hmm. if you think about Star Wars or Star Trek, you know, we look at the biological entities, like everything yeah. out there, like they are like humanoid. You know, we don't yeah. <laughs> get as a machine, like even the machines yeah. in Star Wars, they are still like humanoid sort of. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. can think and talk. Yeah, they, they see using their eyes and, and yeah. just things like that. You know, I think there could very well be something out there we just have like a complete misunderstanding of what life looks intelligent life looks like right exactly but if we go the other way around right so you know we're like you know it could be anything out there machines biological they're building large structures we go back to the other side of the spectrum which is essentially we are utterly alone so the basis of this theory is that you know, we're around 46.5 billion light years away from the edge of the observable universe, right? So SETI, the one I mentioned earlier, the program, attempts to only scan around 40,000 light years around us. Our very own galaxy, the Milky Way, is 100,000 light years wide. We haven't even scratched the surface, and intelligent life may just be too far away forever. Hence, we're alone. I think it's just depressing. It is, you know, like, you know, yeah. I, I think a lot of us, there's always like a hope, like, even if it's not in our lifetimes, yeah, that maybe one day we'll be able to communicate or at least know that there's something out there. I think just as humans, we don't like to be alone, you know, just as ourselves. Yeah. You know, you like, you know, people like company. I think on a large scale of things, I think even if we just knew that we weren't alone in this. Yeah. You know, because the universe is so terrifying. <laughs> you know, there's all this theory of what is beyond, beyond like, where does it end? Like, all of this yeah. is mm -hmm. absolutely terrifying, I think. Even if we just knew that yeah. there was another planet out there, at least one that was going through the same thing as us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that that's true. That would be slightly more comforting than <laughs> thinking it's just us. Yeah. I Good completely luck. agree. Yeah. And, it, you know, like we, we mentioned the technology thing earlier and how, you know, while we think it's advanced, it might be primitive. The SETI, like it's impressive. 40,000 light years, it can scan up to it. But a Milky Way is 100,000 light years wide, which is, <laughs> is that even worth trying to oh scan? And, and, the, and the universe, or the observable universe, we don't know what's outside this yet, right? Um, 46.5 billion light years across. <laughs> like... The thing is, that could be another pocket, like a galaxy, on the other side of us right now, right? Like 20 billion lighters. And mm -hmm. there's intelligent life beaming, right? They're like, they're having fun. With, they're just too far away for literally forever. Because, you know, there's a, one of the reasons, um, I guess one of the hypotheses for the universe is that it's still in its expansion phase, uh, red phase. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, the distances between planets, stars, galaxies, clusters is, is spreading out even more. So even if we achieve interstellar travel, we will never be able to travel to one of those distant galaxies ever. I think that's I quite haunting. That's quite sad. Really. I, I don't know what's sadder, the fact that we are completely alone or the fact that there is something out there, but we will never, ever know. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, of all theories, this might be the... I mean, obviously, it's quite, it's quite sad, the fact that we're alone. But it... The thing is, does it even matter if there is something like 46 billion light years away, if we can never meet them? Like, I, mean, I think it's just <laughs> our own curiosity. I mean, does it matter? Mm. Not really. But do you want to know? Yeah. Yeah. If someone yeah. said to me, hey, do you want to be <laughs> on a spaceship and tomorrow we can see if there's anything out there? Yeah, I'd be like, hell yeah, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. It just, I think the scale is what bothers me here in a very like curious way. You know, like if you you got onto a ship right and it would take to the next i don't know earth-like planet that's in the goldilocks um zone around us it's its home star and it'll take you two million it's two million light years away even if you travel at the speed of light which is what we think the fastest um thing is right now you will get then two million years <laughs> humanity's existed existed for three hundred thousand. <laughs> Like, would you? Oh, oh my goodness. Well, that's the thing. It's like, is it even it worth it? Are we so yeah. miserable and with our is, own existence that we would do that? Yeah, because yeah. the thing is, this doesn't stop humans like ourselves as intelligent life from expanding, right? And we can end up being the very thing mm -hmm. we expect 
these other civilizations to be. I, I'm sure humanity in like several thousands of years will be colonizing the solar system and the galaxy, right? And that's gone. We're going to be the very entities we're talking about now. Um, exactly. So, so I guess we'll still be alone. What if but... we are the aliens? And wait, wait, in thousands wait, wait, of years, wait. who we are is like non recognizable. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 scary, <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> but you know, we we mentioned earlier, so okay, sure, we're alone, right? And we could be very early, and that's actually a sub theory where we're essentially the early birds, or we're just the first. So, um, there's a person, Doctor Peter Beruzzi, said that the Earth is actually quite early, and the last star in the universe will die around a hundred trillion years from now so you know it goes through all its phases it uh, it either goes supernova turns into a black hole turns into an iron star things like that and then 92 percent of planets are yet to be born from today essentially so we may be the first but we're definitely not the last so what do you... that's just... early bird. i don't know part of me is just like why did i have to be born on this planet this earth <laughs> why yeah but it's just so mind-boggling to think because like us as humans we think that we've been around for so long and yeah. that we expect that that's such like you know highly advanced life out there when in reality they might not just be around yet we could literally be some of the first yeah like you know our sun i think relative to like, the cosmic is quite young you know like if if he says 92 percent of plants are yet to be born we're part of the eight percent that have been so, like, who's to say, you know, when humanity is long gone in the next three million years, like, everything we know about today is gone. Hmm. Memories, history, cultures, everything is gone. Another civilization pops up. And then, do you think they'll know of our existence? I, I don't think so. Our artifacts will be gone in millions of years, right? I doubt this it. I mean, we still, if you look at the dinosaurs, we still don't really know that much about them. Yeah, you like know, fossils. Yeah, yeah, that's all we really have to base it off. If we were completely destroyed and like I don't know, like nuclear fallout or whatever, like yeah. <laughs> there'd be nothing. <laughs> you yeah. know, I think we don't realize how fragile our own existence is and how easily we could just be wiped out. And yeah, anything else could just never even know of our existence. That's true. You know, the same can be said about our own history. We, we go back to ancient history and we're still figuring things out, right? Um, we we like to pretend we know stories. And this will be an episode for another day. But for example, um, there's like Neolithic structures like Gobleki Tepe found in Turkey, which essentially pushes back our like understanding of humans, like back 12,000 years, right? We thought people were hunter-gathering in like 6,000 BC, a little bit before that. But now we have actual structures of like temples and signs of worship and stuff, 12,000 years before so it's like we don't even know what happened on our own planet like you know 50 to 10 and i mean that brings up a question of if we were that civilized back then yeah you know how do we not know we've been visited yeah back then you know people have that theory about the pyramids how did they manage to build those you know how do we not know that back then we have been visited and we did you know something happened and they're never going to come back you just don't know about it Exactly. Like this, yeah, that's the thing. We wouldn't, right? And you know, I'd love to have an episode on this one day because we, you know, there are stories and myths from every culture across the planet that talk about something, right? Beings and the cosmos. Every civilization has worshipped the moon, and I can see why. But I feel like you know, we need to take these stories a bit more seriously and not mm-hmm. pass it off as myth or folklore, right? Maybe they were onto something. I mean, that could be the reason why us today we don't really worship the sun or the moon yet mm. we don't really worship planets because we yeah. have no reason to yet yeah no that, that makes that makes sense yeah it's i don't know it's it's i just think we, we lost something along the way but okay that's another theory here before we move on to like i guess the two spookiest ones um okay essentially an extension of life refusing to communicate you know how in our lives we're already talking about simulation theory you know how how it how exponential technological growth is right for all we know true intelligent life like the aliens are so advanced that they choose to divest their physical form and place themselves into virtual environments transferred by like you know mind uploading and essentially ignoring the real existing universe so they themselves decide to live in a simulation because the desire to explore study entertain is lost you know you're so advanced there's nothing else to do that you just plug yourself into a computer and go to sleep i don't blame them i mean (laughs) But that's the thing, it's like we expect that all these other 
you know, life forms out there trying to do the same thing we're trying to do. They might yeah. just not want to. They might, like you said, they might just want to plug themselves into a computer, live in a virtual reality. Yeah, I think and we I might do I, that. To, to be fair, like if that mm -hmm. was an option, you know, yeah. you could say that we <laughs> as a species would say, yeah, let's do that instead. Yes. That's true. I, I think, you know, humans might might very well do that, right? We, we already plug ourselves into games, for example, movies and mm. entertainment. I like I won't be surprised if that happens. And this, this yeah. is the thing. It's like, why are we so like, why do we want to try and find other life out there? Is it because yeah. we want to be entertained? We're trying to yeah. seek entertainment. You know, you know, we're trying to seek some utopia that we can't find here. If there was the option of, you know, you can go to sleep and you will wake up in a simulation that is a utopia you'll never have to seek any sort of you know <laughs> seek anything out again maybe yeah. you know that's yeah that's, that's what in reality that's true and if, if we can make it might as well right <laughs> humans can play god in that sense that's really um, I can see that. And that's why it's so. It seems it, that that's the reason why it could be so quiet out there is because the really advanced ones just you know just sort of went to sleep that's the thing um, we like video games because we like living in different worlds yeah you know if we're trying to find different worlds out there but if you could just have it with like the click of a finger yeah a world that we know is safe but it could be anything that we want yeah why yeah. why would we take the risk of trying to find something exactly else? and you know like if it's if these people are so far away right that's like we might as well just do our own thing that's i don't know i, I think that's quite realistic but do you want yeah. to um do you, want to, do you want to go to like the, the spookier theories? Spooky? The spookier yes. one. All right. Okay. Okay. Start. <clears throat> we have around two or three, but let's, let's start with the first. Essentially, it's, it's the, the shh, be quiet theory. Essentially, communication is dangerous. There is a reason why it's silent out there. You don't want to warn it of your existence. Perhaps the civilization knows it's dangerous for humanity or itself, right? Either civilizations of the past were ill-fated when they communicated, and the ones who haven't, still exist hence why they're quiet right it's also called the dark forest theory named after a story of the same name right i think i believe it's a chinese story um and essentially it goes that the universe is a dark forest every civilization is an armed hunter stalking through the trees like a ghost gently pushing aside branches that block the path and trying to be and trying to tread without sound every breathing is done with care the hunter has to be careful because everywhere in the forest are stealthy hunters like him. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one thing that I find weird though is that you could think of it like, are we just dumb? Like <laughs> we don't know what is out there and we're just like, hi guys, like yeah, anyone it's... there? Like we have no clue what is out there, how easily it could destroy us. You know, maybe a reason, you know, communication, like you said. You put yourself out there they're gonna yeah. find you and that's a bad thing yeah and we shouldn't yeah. be doing this yeah and th that's exactly why it's quiet out there because they know they have to be quiet because the ones who weren't quiet are gone because of something maybe that's gonna happen to us we're if gonna find this technology we're gonna be like guys we're gonna do it and <laughs> yeah. the next year, so we're just gonna be gone so we're yeah. done the thing is, we've already sent out, um, I think in the Voyager, um, I think it reached the edge of our solar system. I'm not sure. I need to double check mm -hmm. that. Essentially, there's a gold disc on it, right? That tells whoever finds it what man and woman is, you know, what music is, culture, mu um, you know, language, math. And, you know, it's, we're essentially telling this Why are we just putting thing. all that information out there? Uh, that's a good question. I think it's just for the, you know, it's called cultural expansion i think it's, it's a vibe. bad idea <laughs> just in case but if if this theory is true that is the worst decision humanity would have ever that's made just the thing we look at you know there's some aliens you know that we imagine that can adapt and you know become you know you know we think that they could be walking among us yeah we're basically giving them like this is what a man and a woman is this is <laughs> you know this is stories whatever you're we're basically giving them a blueprint yeah. To become us and come to our planet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it might be the best or worst play humanity would have ever made. So I think, yeah, I think it's quite scary to think that, you know, it's quiet for a reason and we should not have treaded there at all. Um, and I mean, is, cool. there's that book, right? 
Oh, right, yeah. Like once us. Yeah, um, I think it's written, yeah, by C.M. Cosman, All Tomorrows. Essentially, um, it's a fantastic book. I think we're going to do, we might do an episode that covers this in more detail. Um, it's a book that's on spec evo, so speculative evolution, That's that looks into humanity 100 to 2,000 to half a million to billions of years into the future. And it's actually really fascinating because it just shows how humanity, like, you know, it colonizes the universe and we all evolve into different beings. But the scariest part of the story is this sort of intergalactic species called the Q, I believe. I think so. And, and the Q comes down and sees humanity sprawled across the galaxy. And humanity thinks it has a chance against it, and it doesn't. And the mm-hmm. Q, like, obliterate humanity and essentially render us back to the Stone Age. Um, across the galaxy and we're all not like not human anymore at that point right we're like all these subspecies of humans yeah i mean if that's the reason why they're not communicating because there's something like that out there then i don't blame them yeah (laughs) yeah exactly um (laughs) and the thing is you know again it's so quiet out there that could very well be something like the q in this fictional story that could um definitely come knock on our door right it's scary um but then okay let's say they've already knocked on our door right um this is the zoo hypothesis. Essentially, intelligent life exists as we know it, right? But it does not contact life on Earth because it wants us to evolve and develop. They're waiting for the right time to present themselves to us when we are ready. It's not them being ready, it's us no. being ready. And we may be one of this many civilizations actually being caged by a super civilization, right? And an extension of this is the laboratory hypothesis. So it's not really a zoo, but in the set, sense that humanity is subject to experiments and is monitored. Be a literally on a petri dish, basically. Yeah, exactly, right? So maybe that's why it's quiet, because we're looking out there, and they're just like, yeah, we, we can hear you. We're just studying you. The <laughs> like, stars are eyes, and they are watching us. Yes. I, I think... I think, you know, this is quite a popular hypothesis. I think it has some basis, you know, it goes into like uh, the further theories about UFOs and aliens that have already been on the planet, you know, um, ancient tales of alien beings and such being here. So I can see to some extent why people believe this. And I'm sure we'll talk about this in more detail another time. But you know, I won't be surprised if we are a petri dish. <laughs> we are quite Honestly, fascinating to study. Right? I mean, there's so much for us. You know, if you were an alien, where would you even start? like there's so much yeah. and yeah. we're also i mean we are kind of dumb to be fair yeah maybe that's you know, just humorous to them we, we we have stories and whether or not they're fake or true some of them are hoaxes which is unfortunate you have people who who claim to be abducted right mm. by aliens and stuff and you know they could be hoaxes right that's completely fair but uh you know if you have stories like that you know it's 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 not it's not far-fetched to say that they, they could be doing like actual physical experiments on us or just observing us you know how does humanity play out and for all they know they could be they could have been seeing this over and over and over and over again for like millions of years okay can humanity make it out this time okay no it doesn't they wipe themselves out let's try it again exactly and i think you know we could look at that like with tsunamis forest (laughs) fires they could be like okay they're gonna survive it this time no yeah yeah. You know, and I they're think... never going to figure out how. <laughs> That's the thing with technology as well. This ho- yeah. Us, you know, that could just be an experiment to them. How long does it take for them to figure that out? Yeah, right. exactly. Right. And it's th- taken them thousands, 300,000 years to figure <laughs> out bleating. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay, and, you what know, next? <laughs> it's, it's the fact that the, they might be waiting for us until what we are ready, right? So we need to f- maybe find out that, that one technology. Hmm where we can communicate with them and they'll be like, guys, congratulations. Exactly. <laughs> they may they may have a way that they want to communicate with us and they're yeah. waiting for us to actually figure it out. Yeah. And, and that, I think, that's yeah. their experiment. How does it take yeah. for this species to figure out our yeah. way of communicating? communicating? Yeah, exactly. Right. And they could be doing this for thousands of other planets. We don't know. But, you know, that's the zoo hypothesis. I think it's quite fun to think about that one. And, you know, we're sort of running on time here. But the, the last one, and I, I like this a lot, is uh, they're already here. You know, they're among us. They're under us. Uh, under us is actually a really cool thing. You know, there's so many ancient tales about giant caves. Um, Agartha is like ancient Tibetan stories about uh, the Earth being having giant caves and uh, civilizations living under us. But essentially, alien life is already here. Um, <laughs> that's 
you know, we're, you know, we're, we're aiming up, right? Maybe, you know, should we be aiming down to some extent? I don't know. This is far fetched, but I think it could be very true. You know, like, I mean, in the how introduction. can we not know that they're here? Yeah, we don't really. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's there's yeah. no way for us to figure it out. It's kind of like a scary thing where you kind of just have to accept it. Yeah, you know, maybe yeah. they are. <laughs> maybe they are because <laughs> yeah, because in the in in the introduction, right? We um we we mentioned how um given the probability of everything, there should be life somewhere in this galaxy, right? The thing is, we could be sharing it with someone else right now. Could literally um, be right under our noses this whole time. Yep, and I th I think that's really fun to entertain. But yeah, you know, as we, it's a really fun topic, and I'm, you know, I'm sure to we we can have you know like a part two to this because there's so much to talk about. But what 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 do you think personally is is the reason why the Fermi paradox exists? So like, what what is your sort of solution to it? You can ask me for a solution. And not not a solution, but you know what? Because <laughs> personally, solution, <laughs> solution. No, this is how we're gonna fix it. Because I think personally, right? I think we missed it. You know, mm. maybe. Like at some point in our evolution, right? Maybe a thousand years ago, two thousand years ago, and that's really small. Someone sent us a signal. We just didn't have the technology to pick it up. And now that we're ready to pick up radio signals, it's too late. It passed us already. They just gave up. They gave up. Yeah, right, you know, two hundred thousand years ago, they could have been like, you know, we're sending you a message. Can you pick it up? We don't know. And now we're ready. It's too late. And you no, know, they might try again in half a million years, but we're gone by then, right? And they're like, okay, this planet never had life on it. Um, and I think that's why it seems like we're alone. We just we just missed out on it. There is life out there. We just we're just unlucky. We missed the boat <laughs> essentially. I mean, I think that's very likely. Also, I yeah. feel like, like I said, I feel like maybe, you know, there's life out there. They just don't wish to communicate, or they yeah. just don't feel like that's their need. That's not something they've even considered. Yeah, I think you know. At the end, I guess to close this to close this episode, this I think. Humanity needs to sort of know its place. Um, we're very curious, and I think that's going to be a very dangerous line we cross. Where sort of like we'd like to play God and pretend we are, you know, the the all-knowing entity in the galaxy. And I think there's there's a dangerous line there um, when you start communicating with others. And even if there is life out there, I think it's quite dangerous. I mean, we have all these movies out there, which you know, the story is, you know, what if we cross that line? Yeah. A lot of the times we lose. <laughs> yes. And we just think that there's always going to be fiction, but if we're not careful, you know, it could yeah. actually happen. That's true. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it, it is a scary thought. But, I mean, you know, this has been an extremely fun conversation. It's been great. Um, it, 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 is, it is a... You know, existential in this podcast, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about it. But um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's great. In the dark. <laughs> <laughs> thinking, it, it is, it is daunting. You know, like we don't want to be alone. You know, even as a, as an individual, and I think as a species, we don't want to be. Um, but yes, that that being said, you know, I'd, I'd like to close this with a very popular quote by Arthur C. Clarke. You know, he's one of the most prolific writers of our time, and he captures our humanity's predicament perfectly. And he said. Two possibilities exist. Either we are alone in the universe or we are not. Both are equally terrifying.